Welcome back to Chad and Steve Have a Podcast. Since 2010, Hyla Johnson has been the host and co-producer of Hyla Cooking. Sure, it's a cooking show that you can watch and you can learn cooking and you can drool over some mouth-watering recipes, but mostly... I watch again and again because of Hyla's personality. In addition to Hyla cooking, she was the winner of the YouTube Next Chef competition. She did a cooking travelogue series on Taste Made. She's made numerous television appearances, a podcast called Hyla's Happy Hour, and well, let's see what else. She's an author. The list goes on and on. Chad, I think you and I need to step up our games a little bit. <laughs> oh, and oh, and for those of you who don't watch my Halloween videos. You definitely don't want to not watch Hyla's Halloween episode, something like that. Anyways, please welcome to the show, Hyla Johnson. Hi, Chad and Steve's podcast and podcast listeners and viewers. We have both. We have both viewers and listeners. I know. Hopefully the viewers are also listening. The viewers are delayed. We make them sit in a box for a couple of weeks before they get to see the show. So it's like, well, if you really want to If you want the fresh show, stuff. You need to go to yeah. Apple Podcasts oh, or Spotify or something. Oh, okay. You That's pretty listen. smart. Yeah. Yeah, it's real smart. It's very because savvy. We're really, it, well, it's because we're slow at editing the video. Yeah. <laughs> 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 You'd think we'd have this all planned out by now, but nah. How long have you been doing it? It hasn't been that long, right? Oh, at least five or six years now. No. Okay. No. <laughs> we started No, we started back in uh, October. Oh, you're new. And it, you That's know, fine. It was just a lark. We Well, we had talked about it for a while, even as much as over a year ago, we talked about doing a podcast, but we really never figured out what it was we wanted to do. And then when we were all locked up last summer, Chad and I were just having conversations on Zoom. And we we're like, you know, okay, this is kind of what we should do is make a podcast about YouTube. Great. Because no one right now is making a podcast. Thankfully, no one has thought about transitioning <laughs> from YouTube into a podcast format. So I know. Congratulations. Blazing trails over here. Yeah. Let's uh, let's go back to, I guess it'd be 2010. I think you're a dental hygienist. Uh, not. I was a dental assistant. Dental assistant, which um, does some of the same things as a hygienist, but at the time, anyway, didn't require any particular certification and paid significantly less than a hygienist. <laughs> Well, yeah. uh, the assistants make me just as nervous as the hygienist what? for some reason. Well, just because. It, I've always had a thing with dentists. We're the ones that hold your hand and tell you it's going to be okay, even though we know it's not going to be okay. Thank you for doing what you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in and around this time is, uh, well, A, I, you in a comedy improv troupe at yeah. this point? Yes. Um, it's, it was sort of a script. Did. It was it was mostly scripted. Sometimes it was scripted from improv. But yeah, that's how um, I met Chris, who uh, was my co-creator, producer of Hyla Cooking, and now we're married. Um, but he was the camera operator and the editor, and we just had a bunch of hilarious friends. And we would get together and drink a ton of beer. And make sketch comedy videos and I think like at, that was like probably in 2005 that we started that so YouTube was pretty new and I think we were like really thinking we were gonna be like the rising stars of the comedy world of YouTube and it's really hard to make good stuff with like eight people who are all friends and all think that the same similar things are funny but we didn't actually make a whole lot of videos <laughs> 
Um, there was a lot, a lot more talking than actually making, but it was a really good experience. Uh, and I still, there are a few videos that I still think are very hilarious. You did a series early and this may have been before Hyla cooking. You did the, uh, I'm blanking on the name of it now. Project rant. That's it. Oh yeah. 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 I didn't. Oh my God. Those, some of those were hilarious. I didn't have anything to do with like the, that was not my idea. That was, um, my friends Cliff and Luis came up with that. And um, yeah, that was so brilliant. And they would just search Craigslist for, I don't know if they still have it, like the rants and raves section where know. people would just like. Oh, those were funny though. Those were and hilarious like, and watch, they were, reading those things. Yeah. They were so good. And yeah, I did one to the guy who farted in Queen Supers, which I didn't know. <laughs> but Queen Supers is a like a New England grocery store chain, I think. But I wore this like shitty brown wig. Oh, are we allowed to cuss? You go right ahead. I wore this like horrible wig and, but it made it to the front page of YouTube. And I was like, oh my gosh, my first taste of success. <laughs> was that, was that where your mindset was when you first joined into YouTube is you really were thinking along the lines of comedy, short films, that kind of stuff? Yes. Yeah. Like that's always been where what I really enjoy is like the entertainment value of it but when Chris and I started the cooking channel it was so we had um Chris is a also a writer and director and he was working on a movie that he had cast me in and also Adrian Mishler of Yoga with Adrian and we and another woman were the three leads and anyway the producer jerked us around a lot and anyway the movie never got finished so after that, Chris and I really liked working together and we wanted to start a YouTube channel that would be, that could be funny, but also have, I mean, honestly, like also have something to put into search engines. Um, not just like hashtag funny video. Um, I think this was before hashtags though, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> um, so and, and he was like broke at the time. He had quit his job to do this movie and spent all of his savings and then it didn't get finished and then he was like fucked. So he was staying with me and he was like, oh, well, you're a good cook and you are already, already cooking all the time and you're funny, so why don't we do a cooking show and then we can like search engine that for recipes. So it seemed like a good idea and it seemed like maybe a way to, yeah, like entertain while also teaching people life lessons who doesn't need to know how to cook right <laughs> i mean it's something we can all use i think it's one of the things that appealed to me about your show all along is how it grew from and this is something we've talked about this chad and i have talked about this before how back then a lot of people just kind of jumped into it without really the whole game plan and, and fancy equipment and everything and your show kind of evolved that same way it seems like you go back and look at those early episodes and it's so much different than what it ended up you know, evolving into. Oh yeah. We started with like a camcorder and a floor lamp from target and a like moldy shower curtain as our diffuser. So like, yeah, it was pretty, and like we didn't have money to waste on food. So if it was ever, he wanted to get a close up, he was basically editing in camera. He'd be like, okay, stop. <laughs> uh, let me move in. Move and he'd like walk the camera a little bit forward and then come back. So, um, yeah, it was very low budget, but I still, I mean, I don't know. I still feel like that was, those were some of our most fun videos to make for sure. Yeah. 
I think the first one I saw was you, uh, you made tortillas. I think because I, I was an early adopter of hyaluronic cooking. This was right when I was, you know, really cooking a lot, and I was really experimenting with all different types of food and. Uh, especially the, I think you were really specializing in Tex-Mex cooking. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I mean, I'm from and, Texas, so that's what I naturally yeah. cook most of. Yeah. I saw those, a tortilla video and I was like, oh, I got to try that. And it was, it was real tasty tortillas. Definitely. Good job. And I loved your, your kind of your orange countertops. It, it was like, had that whole Brady Bunch aesthetic going on. I loved it. It was <laughs> just, I thought it was so cool. Uh, yeah, a lot of people think those were the original countertops, but they were not. I actually put those in to replace the original avocado green countertops. Um, <laughs> but you sent me the tostanera. That's right. Um, a long time ago. That you had made, and that's how I found out about you. I think you just emailed me, and you were like, hello, Probably. I'm a woodworker, and I made this thing. Would you like me to mail it to you? And then I made a video <laughs> using it. <laughs> yeah, I made a video, and... I was it was it was a really really bad impression of Gordon Ramsay. I thought, oh, this will be funny because my name's Ramsay and his name's Ramsay, and I like to cook. And he, and it was just really dumb, but it was it, it was kind of fun. And I think that was what I made with that video. Oh, oh, I don't I don't know if I ever saw that, but we both used the same tool. Right. That's cool. Right. <laughs> How long were you guys going and? Uh, doing the video just kind of in that guerrilla style before you kind of realized you, you you had something. You know, I think a lot changed with the YouTube Next Chef. And that, like, I didn't even know it was a competition. I, I'd never heard of it. I was really not into YouTube at all. Like, wh I never watched videos. I mean, I, I don't know. I had a viewer. I think, it was, I think her name was Marta. Anyway, she was from Spain and she emailed me or something and was like, you should enter this YouTube Next Chef thing. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, thanks. And then I won. And it was a lot of like OG cooking YouTubers like Average Betty and Laura Vitale and Jade El Coro. And we, and the sweetest vegan, what happened to her? And they sent us all this equipment and they like did it. I think it was like a 12 or 16 week like mentorship type thing. Um, so they sent us like a new camera, like a DSLR and like an actual proper light box and a bunch of stuff. And I think that's when we were like, Ooh, I guess we should probably start like taking this a little bit more seriously. It was a big deal. It was, that a, was a big, it, I don't even, do they still do those? I, I don't know if they do. I kind of stopped watching most of the cooking shows again. Like I said in, in my intro, I, I mostly watched your show because of your personality. And now I watch cooking. If there's a specific recipe I'm looking for. Yeah. You know. Well, thanks. Glad to know I destroyed something that you loved. Just kidding. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You're not the first. <laughs> it's just a long line of disappointment in Steve's life. Um, but yeah, so I think that was probably about a year, maybe just a little bit more than a year after we started that we did that. And it was just such a huge, like, I mean, confidence boost, I guess, for sure. Um, I don't know if it really resulted in like a ton more exposure. I mean, I got, there was like an article in Forbes, but I'm like, I don't yeah. know who reads that. Um, Media still didn't understand YouTube really. No, no, I don't think so. Um, they still don't. I don't. Who knows what we're doing here? Um, <laughs> but uh, it's, it actually is really shocking how few people, like how many times I still get asked, like, how do you make money from YouTube? Oh, I'm like, it's the do most you common ever question. watch an ad when you're watching YouTube? 
And then from there, it kind of snowballed for a few years. And that's when we got involved with Tastemade and did a couple series with them. And then Scripps Networks, I did a couple series for them. And, uh, and then we were like, we'd been like going out to LA so often. We we're like, maybe we should just move to LA. And then we did. And then like a year later, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Did, back in Austin. Did, did the did the fun slowly? Uh, so Melissa and I, when we first started for the first three years, it was just her and I, filming, editing, doing all the thing. Like, and y- you mentioned before, like those are such fond memories. I think back, and like those are the the best memories of what we've done were those days where we were doing it for the sake of like this is isn't this hilarious that we can just be goofy and upload these videos and like thousands of people watch them. Totally. Did you find that as you got further and further away from that and more and more into the YouTube kind of ecosystem that that's, was it the drain of just like getting so far away from that and it becoming so much more about like, when's the next brand deal? When's the next thing? And scripts and yes. jobs and things like that. The man, as it were. Uh, yes, totally. Like it really started to feel like a grind and like what started, even though like when we started, yeah, I was like, I had a full-time job. Chris by that time did have a job. Like we both had jobs and then we would just get together on the weekends and do this because it was so fun. We were just really like hanging out with each other and then we and then I quit my job and it was like oh my god I just quit my job to be a youtuber and then Chris quit his job which was I mean cool like amazing holy shit I can't believe like we both quit our jobs and we're like making money off YouTube this is insane but I feel like for me it was like I'm like naturally like not a very competitive person I mean, I don't mind winning YouTube Next Chef, hello. But like, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not a real go-getter, to be honest. <laughs> um, and and I, it started to bring out like a part of myself that I really didn't like. Like I started to feel, you know, cause everyone's always like complaining about the algorithm and blah, blah, blah. And like, it is a thing. It's not like, we're not all making this up. Like, yeah, the algorithm can drive you fucking nuts. And it it really started to get to me that I was like, man, I'm still doing the same thing, except now the videos, you know, we have three camera angles. It's like takes twice as long to edit. I'm like putting on makeup every time. I'm like, try. I felt like I was trying harder and getting less Mm -hmm. through no fault of my own. And I know this sounds like so bratty, but that's how I felt. It It just felt like, like I was still doing the work, but. YouTube was somehow punishing me for not doing two videos a week or like three videos a week. And I was just like, man, I can't. I don't know how people can test that many recipes. And like, like, is that that part alone takes a lot of time. And I was just like, I don't know how y'all can do this. Uh, So for a little while, we did try to do two videos a week. And we were doing like one recipe and then one, um, we did like a put it in my mouth series. Not what you think, but obviously (laughs) that's, that's the joke. Uh, where people would send me snacks and stuff, and um, and I would try them on camera, and and I liked it, and it was a really that f- was a good concept. It was a really, was a really good fun way to connect with people too, because everyone would send a little letter, and like you know, this is what I'm sending you, and why, and this is where I'm from, and this is how. Like it was just a really cool way to to connect with people in a tangible way, as opposed to like this virtual world that we all live in now. But yeah, it just got to be kind of just depressing. Did, did you have a moment where you thought, or, or you probably had several moments, but do you remember kind of the earliest where you thought, this is just, I'm just sort of done with all of this? 
Yeah, like so. I f- I think we we like quit quit in twenty seventeen. We it was like okay, our seven year anniversary. Like all right, this seven years is long enough. That's like way longer than I've ever had a job. Like any particular job. Like it's time to do something else. I didn't really have anything in line or anything. Was that the video where it was you had a? It was just a regular video, and at the very end of it, you said, "This is it." I think yeah. I don't even remember what we made. <laughs> I, think, I don't either. I think I did. It was kind of like a shocking bomb dropping at the end of that video. <laughs> did Chris know about it or were you just like, we're done? <laughs> um, yeah, we, we did, like, we had talked about it off and on for a couple years before that. So also in 20, um, do you have like a really like sad sound effect you can add here? Just kidding. Um, so in 2013, late 2013, I had a miscarriage. And, and it was complicated and I had to like wait a year to have, to like try again and all this stuff. And then we did have a, our son in 2014. Um, wait, so maybe it was 2012. Anyway, time flies when you're trying to ignore your problems and just drink them away. Um, so, but we just like threw ourselves into work and that's when we shot the taste made like travel series, um, which was like, I think 12 videos and we drove all over Texas interviewing people like agricultural um, and restaurants and stuff. And it was really fun to make, but it was exhausting. And then we had a baby and like, obviously babies are exhausting. Uh, So several times over that period, we had talked about like, should this be it? Like it just isn't, the traveling stuff was super fun. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it it was, it's not, and I don't think it was like just the algorithm, but it was just like life stuff. It was like, you know, it gets to be hard to find time to shoot a video when you have a baby and, or a toddler, even harder with a toddler. And uh, you don't know anything about that, do you, Chad? No idea whatsoever. <laughs> He's got a three year old. You see these eyes? Look at these eyes. Look deep into these eyes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so our son's six now. And holy crap, I couldn't imagine. I mean, well, especially now that he's not in school. I mean, if he was in yeah. school, sure, we could probably shoot videos, but like, he's not even in, like, he's never quiet. This boy talks all the time. <laughs> like, he's just a constant chattering sound. It kind of drives you insane. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine. I'm like, yeah, there's no way we could do a video now. This is what it was, I think, too. It's like I started to feel like YouTube was my boss, and my boss was constantly like lowering my paycheck randomly, but not really telling me how to improve myself. Wow. Like it was just, it was like, what the, I just have the worst fucking boss in the world. It's, it's just the most like, passive aggressive <laughs> boss. Yes. It doesn't actually tell you it's what true. to do. There's no rule book, right. no. but it'll just be like, ah, well you didn't, you, you know, you're not Watch doing time. well because you didn't think of this. It's like a boss that doesn't tell you what to do and yeah. you have to like constantly second guess. So you end up having a boss inside your head, which is even worse yeah. than a real boss telling you what to do. Yeah. Um, and it was just very demoralizing, I think. Oh, but yeah, I was talking about like doing two videos a week. So we're like, maybe the algorithm, because you know, there's all, also all these articles. Everyone's always like, oh, here's the key. Everybody's this an is expert. the thing, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I happen to actually be married to probably one of the YouTube experts, even though he would never call himself that because he doesn't, you know, he's very humble. Um, <laughs> but, but like, even he couldn't figure it out. And we we're like trying all this stuff. And it was just like, man. And then I realized too, it's like, I'm like, I'm getting away from the entertainment part of it. Like why I wanted to do it was to like 
make dirty jokes and like be a weirdo. And I, it got to be, it got to be where I felt like I had to just like, here's the recipe, here's how to make the recipe. Cause then, oh yeah. Cause you couldn't cuss anymore. I'm like, well, fuck. Right. Um, it's just like, you just stripped away half of my power. Um, <laughs> well you can, you just don't expect to get any money. Right. right. So taking away Superman's cake. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It just like kind of felt like it took a lot of the fun out of it. And I'm not, I don't, I, you know, I hesitate to just blame it solely on like YouTube as the behemoth that it is. Because part of it is also like, yeah, I mean, I have changed a lot since 2010, obviously. Like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I like to think I'm still funny, but it's, I don't know. I, I definitely feel like personally I've, I've matured, but also just like, I don't know. Sometimes the world is very depressing. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to just like, it, goof around. Is it hard for you to ever go back, or do you? Are you? Uh, does Does any of those older videos you made? You know, do you look back and I'm thinking, eh, I think I wish I hadn't done that, or I wish I'd done it differently. Um, there's only a couple that are kind of embarrassing now. Mostly, I look and I'm like, Oh my god, I used to be that skinny. Holy shit! I remember thinking I was like <laughs> fat. Um. <laughs> and everybody thought you looked like uh, Lisa Kudrow. You got oh, that all the yeah. time, probably. Yes, I got Lisa Kudrow all the time. And then it's Phoebe. a couple of times I got as an insult that I was like, I'm just trying to copy Maya Rudolph. And I'm like, I don't even think I knew who she was at the time. Cause I like, that's an odd one. I know. I'm oh. like, I guess I sort of see a physical resemblance in a maybe, but I think they were like referring to my jokes. Oh, maybe. I don't know. You were willing to just kind of put yourself out there, too. I mean, you even posted a, a outtakes one of you were trying to make grilled cheese sandwich. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got super yeah. uh, sad. I got sad drunk. And then we <laughs> shot a video. You were drunk trying to, make, trying to make grilled cheese sandwich and telling a sad story about your dog. <laughs> it wasn't even my dog. It was a dog I found no. in a parking lot. <laughs> but I was like, I'm going to save this dog. I was just watching that and just thinking, this is, there's no way this was ever going to be a real video because it was, it's kind of an example of what happens. You try to make a video when you've drunk that much and it's probably not going to work out the way you intend. No, but it was funny. Um, it was we did end up remaking funny. the video for real. Yeah. I think it's on YouTube though, but I, th I think we didn't release it at first and then we're like, a few months later, we were like, yeah, what the hell? Let's stick it up there. <laughs> in 2017, you start a podcast. Did you enjoy that? Was that like exactly what you needed at the time? Because that was kind of early yeah, on. 2017, I, not everybody had a podcast yet. See? Trailblazer. I did really like that. I really like talking to people. And yeah, it was really fun. And I had an editor edit it for me at first. And then I started doing it myself. Um, just on like Final Cut and it was really fun. I think I made like 50 something episodes. Um, and I was, I was on one of those episodes uh -huh. and Melissa was too. Why. And it was really fun. It's just like I was doing it. So, you know, Chris, my husband also created and produced, um, Yoga with Adrian, which is like fucking amazing and blowing up doing okay. like, it's doing, okay like, it's doing there, all right. right it's okay um so <laughs> that's huge. like pretty much taken up all of his time for the last few years so the podcast i was really just doing on my own which was fine except for like finding people to interview like basically once i exhausted everyone that i already knew 
I was like, oh, this is really hard now to find people to come on my show. And so I just stopped. Um, so I quit. <laughs> I just quit. The end. That's it. Wrap it up. <laughs> I mean, I think if I had had like an assistant to do some legwork, like, okay, find me people that you think would be fun to interview that are either related to cooking or to YouTube or just like interesting people. Because um, there was a few times I would like, you know, read a book and then try to contact the author and never hear back and contact the publishing company and never hear back. And I'm like, do you guys want my 50 listeners or what? (laughs) Free publicity over here. (laughs) Um, And it was just like, I mean, not that reading the books were a waste of time, but it was just like, I don't know. It was just like, fuck. I guess maybe maybe I'm just really not very good at sticking with things once they get hard. Well, I get the impression that you don't really completely quit things because you, you even your video your your cooking show you still release it in case oh, video yeah right? we did go through a little spurt just about a year ago i realized it was like i think our last one was like december or january 19 wait 20 oh you did a pandemic one you did like a quarantine cooking or something oh yeah yeah so you, you, i know your channel better than you do <laughs> i have a terrible Tyler johnson is this shocking. is your channel <laughs> <laughs> That would be really great. Can y'all put that together for me? Um, but I, uh, I'm on it. Yeah. So we do, we do occasional, I mean, I have even thought, you know, we moved into a new house in June. I'm like, Oh, maybe it'd be, and it would actually be such a fucking fantastic kitchen to shoot in. It's like natural light out the butt. Um, but I'm like, maybe it would be kind of fun to do one again. But I, then I just feel like I'm just setting myself up to be like, what are my stats? What are my stats? What are my stats? And it just drives <laughs> yeah. me crazy. So yeah, I did the podcast, but then I think I did that for about a year. I am, I, I am, I am starting up a new podcast now that we're back. I was going to ask you about that. Um, maybe you can give please us. Please tell orders. our seven listeners. <laughs> Well, we haven't actually recorded one yet. Well, we did record one on Thursday, but I think we're going to view that as kind of a test run while we figure out what are we talking about even. I don't know. We're just two girls talking about stuff, giving advice. What kind of uh, what kind of advice are you giving? Is this like Dear Abby kind of advice? I mean, I or? hope. I oh, really? love advice columns. I can like go down the rabbit hole of advice columns for hours, and then I'm very ashamed of myself for wasting so much time. Um, and I don't quite know what, can y'all hear my dogs barking? Just enough to know that they're there, but not enough to be annoying. Okay, good. They're here. It's a common theme we have. We had Craig <laughs> Wheezy Waiter on here and his dog was doing the same thing. It's probably the mailman. I'm like, check the time. Yep. Where was I? Um, oh, the podcast. Yeah. So, I mean, ideally I would love people to like send in questions about their relationships uh, because I am just a nosy Nelly. And we'll do it anonymously. Your name doesn't have to be on there. Anyone who's listening, you can contact me at Hyla Cooking and, you know, send me an Instagram DM or something. And I'll answer your question on my podcast. And I think that sounds fun. That sounds like a great podcast. I mean, it just sounds, and there's two of you, right? It's, yeah. And she's really funny, too. And like we've written stuff together before, too, like scripts that never got made. That I still have some hope for, but um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just I like to make jokes and I like to entertain. And I've been writing fiction lately too. And for the last couple of years, I guess I've really been focusing on fiction writing because um, I realized I do really like to write um, cookbooks. Like I had, I was like with the sketch comedy stuff, it was like scripts. Um, and then Chris was like, you should write a book. And I was like, okay. And I loved it. It was so fun. 
and then I wrote a couple more, but then I, I don't know, going into like uh, fiction from nonfiction has been really um, an interesting journey. Your first book was really early on, 2012, 2011? I think it was 20, I think we did a PDF version in 2011, because that's when like ebooks were all the rage. And then we released it in print in 2012, I think. That was well before the slew of YouTuber books that kind of like took over the shelves. That was pretty early. What was the process like for writing a book? Because that was probably quite different for you or? I don't know. I really felt like I did have a unique perspective on cooking and I've read a ton of cookbooks in my life. Like, I don't know, when I was a kid, I used to read cookbooks. Um, I read other stuff too, but I definitely like would just sit when I was like eight and just like read a cookbook as fun, as a fun thing to do. Do you like all the stories in cookbooks or like recipes? Are you the person that like yeah. when you go for a recipe, do you just want the recipe and you bounce or do you want like, oh, this grandma passed oh, me down this recipe? On a blog? Do you like the backstory of recipes? Oh, on a blog, I'm always jumped a recipe. Yeah. Um, but in a cookbook, yeah, I like the stories, but I think I was just also really interested in how flavors go together. And if you read enough cookbooks, you'll start to see patterns in like what herbs are often used together and stuff like that. So I actually think I, I learned most of what I know about cooking probably from like reading those books as a kid and just like, you know, when you're a kid, I feel like your brain is just so much better at remembering stuff before it's all pickled and old. Um, <laughs> so I feel like that early stuff was really, I don't know, really key to what I know about cooking. But yeah, it was it was really fun. I outlined the book first and kind of decided like what I felt like was missing from most sort of beginner cookbooks, which it, and not to like I'm not trying to like sell my book or anything, but if you want to read it, it's called Learn to Cook by Hyla Johnson. <laughs> and it was all uh, link in the description. <clears throat> I mean, it's, you know, self-published, so there's no color photos. It's but we did have my friend Craig um, do some drawing, some animation cartoons in it. So this, it's a funny cookbook, and I felt like that, that was missing from the market. And, mm -hmm. But yeah, so I did the outline first, just like what I thought should be like, like, and I talked to a few friends who were adults who were like, will you teach me how to go grocery shopping? And they were serious. Like they didn't, like my mom like was like so good about that when I was a kid, like teaching us how to make a grocery list and how to organize it and how to like, read they don't even have this at all stores anymore which is bullshit but how to read like the price per ounce on the tag so you can like figure out which is the better deal yeah. and like clipping coupons my mom had one of those like accordion folders with all her coupons <laughs> organized in yeah. it and um i was like i feel like that's the kind of stuff that i've never seen in a cookbook um so i started there and then just sort of like and and picked basically my like dumbest, easiest to follow recipes and stuck them in there. And I would get home from work every day and sit at my dining table and I had this old Dell laptop that I bought off of Craigslist for like $200. And I, which was like a ton of money. And I would work on my book every day and I was just so excited to do it. And that's how I knew it was what I should be doing because it felt really good to be writing it. How long does it take to test a recipe before you actually get all the ingredients down to your exact amounts and everything the way you want them? Does it require like making many different versions of it before you get to that final one? What I do is I'll usually the first time I'll wing it 
And then if it turns out good, if Chris and I are both like, yes, this is something that's either like top notch as is, or like definitely should be tweaked and like it's worth working on, then I'll write down what I did as I remember it. And then I'll make it again following those instructions and tweak anything that we talked about. Like maybe it needs a little bit more lemon or like whatever and tweak anything from there and then make it a third time to like exactify the measurements. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, we don't want to eat the same thing every day for three days in a row. So I'll like work on it over a course of like a month or something. Um, but everything gets tested uh, at least a couple times before I publish it. Yeah. And then if something is like, I try it, we're like, this could be okay. And then I do it again. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to mess with this anymore. Like, so there's certain things I'm just like, I thought this might work in my head, but it's just not working. And I'm not going to waste a bunch of time trying to figure out how to make it happen. Have you ever had to cancel something like in the middle of shooting? Like it made it past all of that and then you're in the middle of shooting and it just fell apart? Or uh, um, uh, have you changed your mind halfway through and just been like, this isn't good. It's just abandoned is, production. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's de- there was definitely a couple times, especially early on, where we just would have like so many technical issues. It was just like, all right, forget it. Like this is ob- like we're not supposed to shoot today. This, there's it's something to bad about right. today. Let's just scrap it. And then actually I think it was maybe one of the very last videos I did in like my last little like spurt, but I had a, f- a guest friend on in LA who's a historian and she was telling the story about George Washington crossing the Delaware while I was making beer cheese soup. And I got so involved in the story, I totally overhooked the soup and it ended up very chunky and poorly <laughs> textured. Um, but I think we just discussed that and I was like, well, here's some chunky cheese soup that I totally overcooked. So don't do that if you're making this. <laughs> um, but we put the video up anyway, but that was also by the point where I was like backing away from feeling like this is like the ultimate guide to cooking and that's what it has to be. And it can be more like, we're just kind of hanging out and screwing around. You know what always makes me a little uncomfortable are these cooking segments on TV. You know where they have like the morning show or even uh, any kind of talk show. And they have like the, and I know you I've were on those, at least yeah. one. You, you did, I saw one you did with Ryan Seacrest and, and Kelly. I can't remember who. Is it Kelly, Kelly Ripa? Ryan and Kelly? I think it was Kelly Ripa. Yeah, yeah. right. First of all, I want to know if Ryan Seacrest is as nice and charming as he always appears to be. I think he just looks like the nicest guy to ever be around they don't crush steve's dreams at this point yeah Hila, this is an interesting crush. opportunity for crush. you you can literally just change the trajectory of his opinion <laughs> of ryan Seacrest they were both super nice but ryan rebuffed me when i asked him to go out for a drink afterwards <gasps> did he really i didn't uh, i did not ask um <laughs> he's such a diva um i didn't really talk to them out like off stage at all though it was so you would just go on to the end of the stage and because whenever i see those it always feel i always kind of feel bad for the the cook because it's like they're trying to do all these funny bits you know at the almost at like the person who's trying to get like, okay my job here is to move this along you're almost like the I don't a prop know, you're just there as, a prop right yeah well one of them i can't remember who did step on my joke so i was a little annoyed about that <laughs> But <laughs> um, and they've always got like the, it already cooked. And so they, they do the oven thing. Hey, here it is already done. Yeah, Let's eat. Yeah. And then we, yeah, I was like, I think I made like chicken kebabs or something. Cause it was like a summer grilling theme. Right. Right. It was um, kebabs. Yeah. And I think Jen 
Phnom Rat from Just Eat Life did a segment too. Yeah, yeah, they were super nice. And then I've done like some local TV stuff um, yeah. years ago. It's not nearly as like nerve glamorous as everybody thinks it is. But that's the thing that everybody asks you about, right? So Melissa well, did like the Rachel Ray show. And we went down. It was great. But you feel so transactional, eh? Like, uh-huh. you realize that all of the glamour is gone when it's just a production what? assistant with headphones and a clipboard. And you're and like, you go, go, this go. Until you're ready to go on. And then you get ushered on the stage. You get your three and a half minutes and you get ushered off. And that was it. And How was Rachel Ray? I've always she, wanted to meet her. She's fun. She, she has this fan base which hates the fact that she talks too much, which is very strange. She's the only person who has this massive fan base who continue to watch and continue to ride on her for talking way too much uh, over the guests and whatnot. Oh, Such she wasn't talks on the top case. of people. Mm. What's that? She talks on top of people. Yeah. You think? I've never she watched does. the show. Yeah, I she, just she, she just kind of her. powered her way through, and she, she wants to just get her points across. Anyways, it was, it was totally fine, but... Everybody asked me, like, what was the experience like? You were on there with Catherine Zeta-Jones was there, too. It's like, yeah, we didn't see anything. We got ushered in, ushered out, and, like, that's yeah. the size of it. It, was, it took, like, 15 minutes tops. There was nothing really kind of glamorous about it. Yeah, yeah, and the guests don't get to, like, hang out backstage together. Like, Yeah, there's no, there's no after parties. No. No, they just, like, put me in a car and, like, drove me back to the airport. I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> okay, you did your bit. We got this stuff on your jokes. Um, but it's cool. Did, it looks good on a resume. Whatever. Did you ever find that doing your show on YouTube ever, did it ever interfere with your joy of cooking or did it never have that effect at all? It did. Yeah, it totally did. When we quit, I did start to feel kind of a sudden sense of relief that I didn't have to come up with new ideas anymore. It was like, you know what? If we want to just have taco salad every day this week, we can. And I don't feel like I have to be like, oh, no, I should try something new to see if I can come yeah. up with something for the channel. Uh, so, yeah, there was definitely a, a feeling of relief. And, like, you know, I think I do think, I don't know, you might have felt like this, too, with woodworking. Where I feel like it right now. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, I totally... I'll stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, or just, like, this thing that's, like, a hobby that you love. And then... Yeah. And then it becomes your job. Like the whole thing about like, I mean, sort of like do what you love and then it's never like you have a job, but like, or it can just ruin your feelings about the thing that you used to love. (laughs) Well, I changed my format of what I'm doing. So I'm kind of getting back into that where there comes a point where you just have to say, I don't want to care too much about the analytics and the numbers and try and, and if I can let that go, then I can just make the kind of video I want to make, when I want to make it, how I want to make it. And I'm not worried about, oh, i got to come up with a brand new project this week. Let me make another coffee table. Yeah. That's what the world needs, more coffee tables. Let me go so see what <laughs> all of the other people in my space are doing, and then I'll figure out my variation. And it's like now I'm doing stuff that other people do for the sake of the audience. I'm not doing what I want to do for the sake of me anymore. Yeah. Right. That yeah. sucks. So y'all get that too. I think a lot of YouTubers, a lot of YouTubers go through that. Mm-hmm. Hey, also, uh, you're interested in horror films, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. See, yeah, me too. That's the whole thing. And when, you, when I started watching your Halloween videos, I'm like, oh, man, these things are awesome. Those are so cool. I mean, you had like Satan's hairy balls, <laughs> hairy meatballs. God, those were funny. Oh, they looked so cool and gross. I loved those. They were hideous looking, but they sort of looked they tasty. They were delicious. I don't... They were very delicious. <laughs> um... They did. 
Yeah. I mean, if, and you did an Elvira bit. Yeah, a lot of cool. Halloween I know. Stuff. I really thought that Cassandra Peterson was going to see that and like send me a postcard, but I never heard from her. She's so awesome. Well, she's, she's awesome. not that awesome, Steve. Because she didn't watch your show. She, watch she probably doesn't watch. I tagged her. Watch I tagged her on Instagram. Did you? I did. Um, so if anybody knows Elvira's manager. Is she active on Instagram? I mean, I guess it's her. I mean, Elvira has a page. I don't know if Cassandra Peterson yeah. has a page. You know who might know her is Diana Prince from, I don't know if you know Joe Bob Briggs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Host. Yeah, and that's like his sidekick. He does a show on Shutter now, and yeah. they've mentioned Elvira. Oh, we've watched some of those yeah, where he like they're hilarious. Does a little intro. Oh, they're awesome. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that format of of you know talking about a movie as it's going on, kind of interrupting it. Yeah, yeah. totally. I know what I'm having for dinner tonight. The whole what? family's having Satan's hairy meatballs now. You probably have <laughs> the ingredients in your pantry already. <laughs> You know, you had, you, you had a, a line, and this is funny because sometimes people will quote things that I said from years ago, and I don't even remember them, but you had one line in a, a video of yours that I always remember, and it, I've repeated it to other people, when you did uh, uh, street tacos, <laughs> do you remember doing a, a recipe for street tacos? And then during that recipe, you're making it, and you were like, do you know what they call street tacos in Mexico? They call them tacos. Lying. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was like, of course, that's it. That's basically it. It's like we've the one, we're the ones who have changed it into this weird thing. I think we call it a street taco. I think I was actually referencing, but and I like I actually fucking love Taco Bell, even though I'm mad at them that they took the seven layer burrito off the menu. But it was like they had a they were like selling street tacos all of a sudden, and I'm like, what are y'all talking about? These are tacos. <laughs> this is so stupid. Yeah. Um, right. So yeah, it was kind of the bandwagon. Everybody was doing street tacos for a while. Um, I used to say Viola instead of voila, because I think it's funny. <laughs> and uh, got a few comments of people correcting me that that's actually voila. Oh. I can't imagine people correcting somebody on YouTube. Oh, really? Huh. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so what makes Hyla happy these days? Writing. Yeah, I've been um, working on short stories. When the pandemic lockdown started in March, I signed up for an online writing class, like a short story class, and then took a couple more, and it's just been really fun. And I, I, I like started, a, I started a novel a couple years ago, but I just like also like writing a feature film script. I, I just feel like my it's just like so arduous something like trying to write something that long i feel like i get bored with it halfway through i'm like i don't even want to work on this like who the fuck's mm -hmm. gonna want to watch this or read this but then i was like oh short stories and i feel like short stories don't get enough credit in modern literary literary circles and but i think that they do maybe in like the uk so i started like looking up like websites and stuff those are there's still like some online publications that publish short stories and flash fiction but there's a lot more of them in the uk than there are in the us it seems like so maybe the british people will value my talents more but <laughs> but it but it also was just like oh i can write a short story like i have the attention yeah. span to like finish five pages of a story just not maybe 300 pages but yeah, so that that's been filling up a lot of my time, and also you know I heard a I heard a quote from somebody who said a short story is 
a movie. And, and that's what it should be. That really, when you see a novel translated into a movie, that's why so often it doesn't work. That it's really the best format for that is like a, a limited series or something like like The Queen's Gambit or something, where you have the time to really develop that. Totally, yeah. And well, so I have a women's screenwriting group from LA that we used to meet in person and like talk about each other's scripts and stuff. And now we're meeting through Zoom, so it doesn't matter that I moved away because we can still do the Zoom. But I started, I was like, you know, can I just send you all my short stories instead since I'm not really working on scripts anymore? And they said, yes, of course. And and that's what one of them, one of the, my friends told me is that when she was in film school, that's what they said is like, when you're looking for stories to adapt to a, like go for a short story, because the novel's just too much, but you can yeah. expand a short story. Um, and that's actually a lot of my favorite short stories I've written were movie ideas I had that I just hadn't ever sat down and written the script. Because it's also like, man, spending a year writing a script and then maybe you'll sell it and maybe somebody will make it. Unless it's something that you can produce yourself. It's like, that was a waste of time. <laughs> I mean, Jerry no Seinfeld <laughs> once says it's great to write a joke because if it's a bad joke, it only took a couple minutes to write. But it's horrible to write a bad movie because it takes a year and a half to write a bad movie. Yes. It's like it just takes way too much of my time for one piece of content. And yeah. it's also weird now that like all movies need to be like two and a half. Like what happened to an hour and a half long movie? Those don't exist anymore. Mm. Everybody needs to make it two plus hours. So everything just ends oh, up yeah. being so long. Oh, yeah, I guess Netflix still does a lot of 90-minute comedies. But yeah, maybe you're, I wonder, hmm, I wonder if that's like... They're starting to change that. I know, um, again, I watch Shudder a lot, but they had a show this past year called Host, or it was a movie, and it was 57 minutes long because they knew that was the format it was going to be intended for. It didn't have to go to a theater. Mm -hmm. And I think we're, we may start to see more of that. Well, you are, to, to Hyla's point, Netflix puts a lot of 90 minutes, like a lot of like mm -hmm. one hour long kind of like special shows, stuff that could probably just be like a TV special. But now that we have the yeah. endless, you know, streaming capabilities, uh, yeah, it's shorter pieces of content as opposed to like needing to like sit down and watch it, you know, commit to a two hour, 15 minute movie. Yeah, I don't, I'm, yeah, if it's over two hours, it's, very difficult for Chris to convince me to sit down and watch it. <laughs> That's the way I am. I look at the runtime like, eh, I don't know. Because I fall asleep too. I'm a sleepy head. <laughs> if I'm sitting down for an hour, I will probably fall asleep. I don't know. Maybe it means I don't if love you, movies. If you were going to start up a brand new YouTube channel today, just from scratch, what would what would it look like? Would it be cooking or would it be just something completely different? I would probably try sketch comedy again. Yeah. I've been trying to figure out a way to like use any kind of like just writing a short story. It's like really hard to figure out how to fit that into any kind of social media promotion or sharing. Like I'm going to take a photo of my computer screen and put it on Instagram. Like <laughs> it's boring as hell. I could, Ooh, I could, Ooh, maybe I could do my own audiobooks, but record myself. So it'd be like a video book, just me reading my story on YouTube. And people watch that. They listen to it. I've listened to a couple of scripted series on audio. Audible has uh, some of those. And it's really interesting. It's kind of like old time radio shows where they'll bring in sound effects. And yeah, stuff. there was one I started. Honestly, I don't really listen to a lot of podcasts either. But there was one I started called like The Haunting of Dolores Roach or The, the Something of Dolores Roach that was like a murder mystery. Yeah. 
um, like, yeah, like an old time radio play. And it was really good. I never finished it, but that's me. I'm a quitter. Um, but it was so good. And like, and something like that would be really fun to make and like to do all the sound effects and just have friends. I have a lot of actor friends, just have them like record their parts and send them to me and stick it together and You've come full circle. You've come from just doing some fun stuff with your friends, going through a 15-year, very successful career, and you've wrapped it back around to just wanting to do some stuff with your friends. Doesn't that all we all want to do? Isn't that why y'all started this podcast? That's exactly why we started this podcast, because I just wanted to do something with a friend. That wasn't about going to Social Blade every 10 minutes and seeing if someone had, you know, subscribed or whatever. Yeah. Just about doing something with your friends. Yep. It probably felt like a big kind of weight off your shoulders when you decided, okay, I'm kind of done with YouTube. (laughs) Now I can just approach it whenever I want. Yeah, it really did. But, I mean, it also, like, I owe a lot to YouTube. I mean, Chris and I both do, you know. Thanks. Do you have any advice for someone who is looking to start up a cooking channel right now? Um, do it because you love it. Don't do it because you think you're going to get rich off it. All right. You might. You might get rich off it. But I think it's not going to be very fun if you approach it with that in mind first. There's a weird not. compulsion for people now to be starting up YouTube channels because it's no secret that you can make a lot of money off of it. So yeah. kind of that core of like wanting to get together and do stuff with your friends and have fun is kind of a bit of a golden age of YouTube mindset. Now it's how can we get you know production values through the roof and get the most viral video. And there's just like so much other stuff on there. I do still think for like how-to videos, like if you want to do like a how-to channel that YouTube is still great. I think that what happens is with a lot of people who are starting up with just the, you know, one guy in a camera or two people is that it, it they start out really enthusiastic, but because there's so much content on YouTube, it quickly kind of becomes demoralizing when you post a video that you've put a lot of work into and, you know, a hundred people watch it. Totally. Or even not even that. You yeah. Know? I mean, it could be take a long time to get to that point. Yeah. And then you just kind of lose your you lose your enthusiasm. I mean, I think yeah. Starting in 2010, we definitely had the benefit of there like really just being like a handful yeah. of cooking channels existing. Like there wasn't a lot of competition. So, so and then when Chris and Adrian started Yoga with Adrian, like that was one of the first yoga channels. You know, I haven't gotten an email in a long time, but um, I used to get emails pretty regularly from like people asking me for advice and. It was just like, yeah, I don't know. Don't expect a lot. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I mean, it's fucking hard, you know? Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I think it's easy for viewers to think that YouTubers turn on a camera and go, and they don't see all the pre-production and planning and then the post-production and, and all the stuff that goes into it. Even once it's all done and uploaded, then you still have that next phase where you got to go out and just you promote it and post it on social media and just it's just a never-ending treadmill yeah yeah the promotion is really probably my least favorite part too i'd like to have an intern for that next time all right if i start on a youtube channel i'm gonna have an intern to do my social media promotion there you go contact Hyla like like cooking if you're looking for an internship <laughs> <laughs> i would pay you i'm not a monster um Hila, it's been a blast to talk to you again and catch up. And I hope your new podcast gets started pretty soon. I'm really looking forward to listening to that. Do you have a name for it yet? We don't. No. Okay, I'm gonna be coming. I'm gonna be coming up with my 
questions I could submit anonymously. Yeah, totally. I'll, I'll make it really juicy. They can be made up. I don't care. Doesn't I'll have totally to be make legitimate. Some up. Okay, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, thanks again. And thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of Chad and Steve have a podcast. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.